freedom, man. That's what it's all about. You've got to groove on freedom, like the good book says. listening to what on earth is happening this show will discuss the topics of human consciousness mind control natural law the occult and all issues that affect the freedom of the people of earth what on earth is happening will endeavor to shine light upon the darkness of our world and to offer empowering solutions to the problems we face as humanity approaches its critical moment of choice. And now, here is your host, Mark Passio. Welcome, one and all. You are listening to What on Earth is Happening right here on the Oracle Broadcasting Radio Network. I'm your host, Mark Passio. This show is live here on Oracle every Sunday from 5 to 7 p.m. Eastern. That's 4 to 6 p.m. Central Time. Today is Sunday, August 7th, 2011. And we are going to begin the transition into a new phase of what on earth is happening here today. This is going to be kind of an interim phase of the transition from taking a look, a deep, penetrating look and analysis of the darkness of our world into solution-oriented thinking and the measures that we can take and the things that we can actually stop doing that are leading our world into darkness and, and take a look at the measures that we can take to lead it into the light. So today is going to be an open lines, all open lines, call-in show. So you will make the content of this show as the listeners of this show. We could talk about anything you want. It's going to be a show to basically uh, put our finger on the pulse of the public, so to speak. So you can talk about anything we've already discussed here on What on Earth is Happening for the last 71 weeks. Seven, this is week 72 that I've been doing this show. You could talk about things that we will be discussing in the future, solution-oriented approaches. Or you could bring up your concerns, questions, any clarifications that you might uh, you know, want, uh, want to go over to, to ask me specific things and have me clarify um, information on any given topic that we've already discussed. So that's what's coming up today on What on Earth is Happening. Let me give the call-in number right off the bat so people can get ready and start calling in. The call-in number for this show is 866-841-1065. Once again, the call-in number, 866-841-1065. So call in. Feel free to talk about anything you like. There are no taboo topics here on what on earth is happening. There never have and there never will be. Uh, I don't censor um, anything that goes on on this show. 
because that's what it's all about is freedom of speech. Always people have called in and presented intelligent um, conversation and intelligent questions uh, for discussion, discussion on this radio program. I expect it to be the same uh, this evening as we move forward into a new phase of the program, solution-oriented approaches for the problems that plague our world. That's coming up after the break on What on Earth is Happening. Everybody stick around. Stay tuned. It should be quite an interesting show today. I'm your host, Mark Passio, and you're listening to What on Earth is Happening. back folks you're listening to what on earth is happening here on the oracle broadcasting network we're going to do an all caller show today your calls will make the content of the show anything you want to talk about about what we've already covered or what we are about to cover on the show the call in number 866-841-1065. Once again, 866-841-1065. We don't have any callers on the line yet, but I'll wait for people to start uh, calling in and I'll bring up a topic of discussion and how this will relate directly to what we are going to be discussing in fu- future weeks here on What on Earth is Happening. And that is the recent... Um, raids that have taken place against sellers of raw milk and raw cheese products, the uh, Rawsome um, growers and the um, uh, Healthy Family Farm growers. And this is one of the most appalling things that I can even imagine going on, that people are simply providing for the people that want it, raw dairy products, and these organizations are being raided by armed thugs of the state because the state has told them that they are permitted to do this to people that are making voluntary exchanges with other human beings, things that occur in nature, in the natural world. And as a matter of fact, if you look into the enzymes that are contained in raw living milk, these are extraordinarily healthy for human beings. Now, you know, different people have different takes on using any animal products whatsoever. Whether, you know, I I have told people before on the show, I'm a strict vegetarian. I don't eat meat. I do have, however, use dairy products I tend to limit my intake of of it. Aside from cheese, I will partake in quite, um, you know, on a normal basis. But um, I limit my intake of milk, but uh, I don't really see a problem with it as long as the animals are treated with respect to use the the milk from uh, from, uh, farm animals. But... um, 
the nerve of these armed agents of the state raiding a farm. People who are simply growing food and providing raw and organic foods for people, which are the healthiest foods for people to take into their bodies. And they're coming in with a SWAT team with guns drawn and closing down their establishment because they're saying that they have not been able, their, their owners, their bosses have not been able to determine the safety. How wonderful. How kind and loving of these individuals that they're so concerned about the health and safety of the human family that they need to go and stop these criminals who are selling raw dairy products. How dare they? Because after all, it's, it's these thugs in uniform with automatic weapons who keep the rest of us safe by, by raiding raw organic farmers, people who actually care about the ecosystem and care about human health and are trying to provide the highest nutrient density foods, you know, the foods that grow naturally from the earth and supplementary foods that come naturally from animals if we care for them and treat them the right way. Unbelievable, truly unbelievable. So that's a topic that I'd like to see discussed today and how this is a complete contravention to natural law and how these people who are taking part in these raids, I would love to hear from one of these people who dare to do this. Un unimaginable that this is what your life is, that your life is this low in consciousness, that you literally have absolutely no idea what your rights are or what other people's rights are and you would dare to go and take someone else's natural law rights. You would attempt to usurp their rights because that's what you receive a paycheck to do. And you say, yes, sir. Yes, master. Let me go and do whatever it is you tell me to do with absolutely no thought as to whether it is actually my right to take part in that action. It's a disgrace, a disgrace. We have some callers. Here we go. John from San Diego, you're live on What on Earth is Happening. Hey, Mark. Do you mind if I change the subject to Osama for a second? You go right ahead. Sir, I think what comes down to right now is a, basically a rift between people who believe in all of this stuff and all the narratives and people who don't. Yes. And yesterday's story about how the same members of SEAL Team 6 who killed Osama and threw him in the sea died, how at first that was the story and then it changed to, no, it wasn't the same guys. Um, what I get from that is that story was directed specifically to discredit the people who do not believe in this Osama narrative. Interesting. You see what I'm saying? That's an interesting because, take, yes. Because at first they were saying it's the same people. And so then guys like you and I would go to all our friends and family and say, hey, look, this is, this is ridiculous. This story is just BS. And then a couple hours later, they, uh, you know, subtly changed their tune 
but enough to make the believers look at us who brought up that point and say, oh, they're just, they're just looking to discredit the whole thing. They are actually believers in the non-believing, you know what I mean? Right. So uh, that's my point. Thank you. No problem. Yeah, that's another uh, interesting psychological um, development, uh, that story with SEAL Team 6 um, of initially putting out that members of that team were involved in the so-called Bin Laden raid. Um, there's so many different dynamics to that psychologically. I mean, we could spend a lot of time on that, but basically, again, what you pointed out is all it ultimately comes down to is the people that believe the ridiculous narratives, the movie, as the researcher David Icke often calls it, the movie version of reality, this scripted um, slant on what actually is taking place in our world to just invoke more of this fake patriotic fervor and get people to worship uh, people who are actually being used to take their natural law rights away as their heroes, as people who actually keep them safe. And I said two weeks ago on this show, and I strongly reiterate it, nobody in a uniform keeps me safe. Never has, does not now, never will. Adherence to natural law principles is the only thing that keeps anyone in this world, indeed in this universe, safe. Nothing else. So we'll talk about that more on the other side. Callers, please hold on the line. I'll get to your calls. We'll be right back on What on Earth is Happening. We are back, folks. This is What on Earth is Happening. I'm your host, Mark Passio. Let's go right back to the phones. We have a couple of callers online. Here we go. Caller, you're live on What on Earth is Happening. What do you have for us here today? Is it me? Yes, you are. You're on live. Oh, oh hi, Mark. Um, my name's Chad. Uh, you have a great show. Uh you know, I discovered it like two months ago, and I, I've watched every, I've listened to every show, and it, it's really amazing stuff. Thank you so much for all your effort. Oh, thank you. Yeah, um, I had a couple things. Um, I'm, I'm actually here in Germany, and um, I've been to a lot of churches around, and I, and I see that there's, there's, they always use the symbol of the shell, that's like a sun. Yes, And I noticed exactly. you, men you mentioned that in one of your episodes, and I did a little research into it, and I actually uh, figured out that Shell in Hebrew means belonging to or of thee. So there's a, a little symbolism right there. Interesting. Um, also, if you noticed, uh, you did a great few episodes about 9-11. That was awesome. Uh, you know, I don't know if you ever noticed, but the Statue of Liberty is, you know, from one perspective, directly in between the Twin Towers. Yes. Or what used to be, what was used to be the Twin Towers. And that was very interesting that you brought up this whole concept of the Empress uh, Tarot card. Right. And the relationship. So really, it, it was actually there in its sort yeah, of I, purest form. I'm sure that is, was a deliberate alignment uh, with those buildings, uh, the, the, where the buildings were placed being a, de a deliberate alignment with the Statue of Liberty for that very reason. Mm -hmm. And last thing, 
Um, you know, a, a lot of researchers, uh, you know, I just saw a video on YouTube the other day, and this uh, pretty famous researcher was going on and on about he, you know, he knows the most about the Bohemian Grove, and, uh, you know, he, then he goes, he cuts to the owl, and he calls the owl Moloch. And I, I want to know, my research says that the owl is Minerva. And I listened to your episodes already on this, but I still, if you could just um, sure. briefly touch on it again, what, why is why is this Minerva and not Moloch, and and why is this character evil? The the Thank you. the um connection with Bohemian Grove and the owl statue. The owl is one of the symbols of the elitists of the dark occultists who consider themselves predatory, interspecies predators who can see their prey in the dark while their prey cannot see them. Um, however, this connection to Molech comes up. Uh, Molech is a Canaanite god and a god in uh, uh, of the Phoenicia Cana area of the world. Okay, It was originally a bull god. Okay, And the effigies of this bull were created, these huge... Um, uh, not statues, but they were basically built of uh, flammable materials, okay? And they were erected to look like a huge bull. And this is because the bull god is representative of the sun. This is a solar deity. The solar cult worships this ancient deity known as Molech, okay? The rituals themselves were known as Molochs, M-O-L-O-C-H-S, Molochs, okay? If you research what a Moloch was, it was a ritual of um, sacrifice, and it was also a ritual about um, atonement for sins, or in other words, an absolution ritual, okay? They were offering the most pure energy, the most pure blood in the form of infants to this deity. And the, the rationale here was that any of the wrongdoing that this culture who looked at the sun as deity, as the all-giving, um, all-pervading essence of life on earth, which essentially it really is, if the sun weren't here, we wouldn't be able to have life on this planet, okay? But this dark, twisted variant of this knowledge, okay, is such that we need to satiate the sun, okay? We need to give it energy in the form of our life in order for it to keep giving us its energy, which allows us to continue to live. So occasionally, if this deity becomes displeased with our behavior because we really haven't been doing the right things, we can give it the most pure essence of life. In other words, saying, look at what we are willing to provide for you. And how they did this was they would make an area in the middle of this effigy of this god, this deity, uh, like a burner, okay? And they would put the child inside of this uh, area, you know, I mean, you want to kind of look at it like an oven. It could be looked at like that. The entire thing was flammable. And then they would ignite the entire thing, and it would burn up with the child inside. 
There's many depictions of this online. You can read about it. There's some books that talk about ritual magic in which you can read about the Molech rituals. But that is essentially where the tie to the bull and the owl come from. In As this tradition progressed, the, the bull and owl symbolism were kind of intertwined or intermeshed. So it's basically a continuation of the same cult, this solar cult, which is still in control today. What's in control today is a solar cult. The cult that basically has all of its symbolism based in the sun. They are referred to in general as illuminated ones, okay, which they are not. The people who really understand, like I said last week, what we're talking about on this show in relationship to natural law principles are the real illuminated ones. But this is also a symbol or a, a nod to light, okay, um, because light is a sy- symbolically representative of knowledge, and they possess lots of knowledge about how things really work in this reality. They hide that or occult it from others so that they can gain a differential power advantage over them. Okay, While knowledge itself is in power, it's a means to power. Ultimately, a means to control should an imbalanced c- consciousness wish to use it as such. So... Um, As this solar cult progressed through different regions of the world and through different time periods, the symbolism which they actually truly prefer from the even further ancient world of the owl was intertwined with this bull symbolism. And if you look at the owl at Bohemian Grove, it almost resembles a bull more than it does an owl. So this is is an example of... um, Symbolism that has blended or meshed over a long period of time and different cultures and different regions of the world. But the symbolism of uh, Molech itself derives from Phoenicia Cana. And uh, look up the rituals known as Molochs and the, the, um, the form that the, the burners that they used for these children uh, took on. And it was the form of a bull god. And one of the other reasons for that, before I go to the next caller, is that the sun during this time was in the constellation of Taurus. Okay, that's the ruling deity, and it took takes on the form of a bull, just like when the sun moves toward Aries. Then the ruling deity was the the ram. Now we're in the age of Pisces, and you look at the ruling solar cult and its religion, all you need to do is look to Rome and understand that the ruling deity is now the fish, the fish god, the pope's mitre in the form of the head of a fish. It's all about the sun, and it always has been all about the sun. So here we go. Next caller. Dawn in Oregon. You are live on What on Earth is Happening. Hey, Mark. Thanks for taking my call. I, I had a question about symbolism for you. Sure. Uh, can you, can you hold that until the uh, other side of the break? Just hold on, and we'll bring you up first on the other side of the break. This is What on Earth yep. is Happening, folks. We'll be right back with Dawn from Oregon's call.
Welcome back, folks. This is What on Earth is Happening, and I'm your host, Mark Passio. Today, an all-call-in show. Before the break, we were talking with Dawn from Oregon. Dawn, are you still there? I apologize. I wasn't watching the clock. I brought you up right before the intro music for that break got us, so... Oh, well, thank you so much for taking my call, and uh, thank you for spending your time sharing your knowledge. really appreciate everything you're doing. Um, I had a question about the statue, the symbolism of the Statue of Liberty, and also about Persephone on top of the White House. Sure. But, um, I'm, you know, is she the goddess of freedom, or is she Persephone? She has, like, 20 different names, but back to the Statue of Liberty, uh, the shackles around her ankles the book she's holding. I'm wondering what you think about the symbolism of those items on the Statue of Liberty, what they well, represent. The book and the torch generally represent freedom. And, you know, we, we go back into the, into the um, Roman language and we look at the word for freedom and it was liber, li- libertas, okay, where we get the word liberty from. That's based on the word for simply free, which mean, which is liber in Latin, and that is also the word for book. So book and freedom are essentially the same thing. They come from the same root word in Latin. That's how important the concept of reading and understanding was to people in the ancient world. Um, and of course, this is long this word was derived long before the fall of the Roman Republic. But we're, we're basically entering a cycle where Rome is falling all over again, the Republic is falling all over again, and we're heading into those same um, pitfalls that uh, the ancient Romans fell into, um, hedonism and looking at, uh, looking at um, truth as something that wasn't important, wasn't as important as self-gratification. And these are the things that do indeed keep liberty shackled or liberty in chains. Because if those dynamics are allowed to just completely run away with absolutely no self-control put in place by people who understand that if there is no internal government, governorship, or self-ownership, or ruling of the passions, of the base instincts, when those dynamics completely run amok, you get a society that is externally enslaved or externally put into chains. And that's what we're seeing develop in the world. And it's because we have allowed internal anarchy to reign. And I think that's what symbolically the the Freemasons who gifted the Statue of Liberty to the United States were encoding into that statue into that um, uh, effigy of this goddess who has many different names in the ancient world. Uh, Ultimately, you know, to me, that's Isis. That is is, um, uh, Semiramis of the Babylonian tradition. It's Isis of the Egyptian tradition. It's Mary. It's all the same goddess, you know. Uh, The seven rays on her head point to the fact that that is a symbol of Isis. I mean, Isis's star had seven points. So inside, in, in certain Freemasonic books, you will often see a sun inside of a seven-pointed star. That is the star of Isis giving birth to the god Horus, the sun god Horus, uh, who is in her womb, who is carried by her. She is the bringer of light, hence the torch. She bears the torch, which is the torch of wisdom and enlightenment and knowledge. 
and she carries a book which represents freedom. The same word for freedom, liber and libertas in Latin. That's my take on the Statue of Liberty. I don't have the dark uh, viewpoint that other people have of that uh, imagery. Um, there is a dark side of Luciferianism, of the concept of Lucifer the Lightbringer. I talked about that last week extensively. But this to me is the positive side of the sun. It's, it's representative of knowledge and understanding and then acting on that which is wisdom is the path to freedom and those are the three steps of the trivium which is another thing we're going to talk about extensively in the solutions section here on what on earth is happening and hopefully I'll be able to get our, our good friend Jan Irvin to come on and tell people a whole lot more about the trivium uh, in coming weeks that's my take on the Statue of Liberty awesome Thank you so much for your interpretation. It's sure. amazing. And I'd love to continue listening on uh, my phone here. I'm without my computer. No and problem. And then any to say about Persephone on the, on the Capitol building? Again, yes, sure. I'll, 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 <laughs> I'll, I'll mute you, and you can continue to listen. I won't hang up on your call then, okay? Great. So, yeah, uh, Persephone, again, it's another name for this goddess. Um, in general, she is known as the goddess of freedom or Columbia. In, in Rome, she was Venus Columbia, or Venus Colum, the dove, okay? Um, it's, again, just another name for the same incarnation of this goddess, which represents these same concepts. And it is placed on top of the Congress building, because Congress means a coming together, okay? A gathering. It's supposed to be the coming together of the, the male and the female. It's supposed to be Congress, or union, that's another word for sexual union, the chemical wedding, okay, of right action with the emotional um, empathy that is brought to the table through having developed the emotional qualities, okay, the sacred feminine, and that would basically um, bring wisdom forth or right action born of having a deep connection to the the underlying emotions that are empathetic. This, however, is not at all what we see happening in Congress today. This is simply a symbol that is there to try to basically act as uh, a, a remnant or a, um, a, a vestigial a sign or symbol that this is wh what it did once mean, but they want people to think it still does mean that and equate that with the goddess Columbia or Persephone or uh, uh, Isis or Astarte, or you can go on and on with the names. You know, again, you could find 50 different names for this same goddess that represents the same conceptual idea, and you could find 50 different names for her child, the sun god, who represents the idea of right action in the world. But again, the whole idea of this being on top of the building is it's supposed to represent the concept of compassion and then joined with right action, which is what these people who are hired to do the job that they're hired to do are supposed to be doing. But do we see them doing that? Absolutely not. They, it's been infiltrated by people who don't have those developed emotional qualities and who are essentially psychopathic and who are on the take and who only care about how much money is going into their pocket or their coffers and they're there to serve their own interests not the interests of the public so that's uh... you know basically why that that uh, statue is up on top of there I, I believe the original intent is a good one but i believe of course uh... 
those ideas we have fallen horribly from uh, in the modern world, and it's because, mo in general, like I said, I I've said before on this show, I can come on this show, say three words, and say good night, folks, and there's the reason everything is the way that it is. People don't read. That's it. And by reading, I mean reading books. You know, reading is a pathway to freedom, but you have to also be eclectic about the information sources, and then you have to process that information. Process what you take in from varied sources and analyze it to come to whether it is truth or not, whether acting upon it would be a good thing. That's what I suggest. That's why I say don't believe me. Try to find the wisdom in my words if there is any. And if there is, then act upon it. You know? Understand first, though. Don't just take somebody's word for it. You know, just reading isn't the path to freedom. Understanding what you read. And if you understand it to be something that is good and can lead to something that is good, then you act upon it. That's the path to freedom. So, great call. Here we go. Next caller. You are live on What on Earth is Happening. What do you have for us? Hello, Hello? caller. Hello, caller. You're live on the air. Vicky, are you asking for Vicky? Yes, Vicky, you're live. How are you? Oh, great, great, fine. Um, I'm a member of the Rossum Food Co-op here in Los Angeles. Great. And that was rated, okay? And I, I have uh, illness, and I have to have raw milk. Right. I can't have dairy that's not raw, so well, I go there. Vicky, let me say and that so my, my, my thoughts are with you as you're going through this difficult time, and I think it's an utter disgrace what was done to you and well, anybody I want, else out I, there. I, I, there's a solution. I think there's, there's, let me finish what I want sure, to say real sure. quick. Is, uh, I called Jeff Baca's office. Mm -hmm. The secretary gave me to his assistant sergeant, I don't remember his name, and he, and he claimed that Sheriff Baca of Los Angeles, the Sheriff of Los Angeles, did not know about it. I called to ask, why are you letting such unconstitutional activity occur sure. in your county? And uh, he said he didn't know it, it hurt. Anyway, I, I recommend this and that he read Sheriff Maxwell's uh, Vicky, we're coming up. we're coming up to a break. I want to hold you through to the other side of the break. Hold on, don't go oh. anywhere. Oh, okay. Folks, we'll be right back after these messages. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening. Welcome back, folks. This is What on Earth is Happening. I'm your host, Mark Passio. Today is an all-call-in show. The call-in line is 866-841-1065. Once again, 866-841-1065. Before the break, we were talking with Vicki from California, who unfortunately had her natural law rights trounced the other day as part of this guns drawn raid by thugs of the state on raw some foods let's go back to vicky vicky are you still on the line yes i am okay continue what you were saying you were telling us about that you tried to go to your well sheriff. i called Sher sheriff baca's office sheriff los angeles to find out why the heck he would let such un unconstitutional activity occur in his county 
and I talked to his assistant. The secretary gave me to his assistant, who was a sergeant. I don't remember his name. And he said that Sheriff Baca didn't know about it. So my, I had an idea. I was, I don't, I don't. If there's, if you believe there's a Los Angeles Oath Keepers group, and I tried to get a couple, a hold of a couple guys that I thought was in it. But anyway, I, if anybody's listening, that's in Oath Keepers of Los Angeles, I'm thinking you should organize a uh, a crowd of people to uh, go to the sheriff's office and uh, give them a book. And uh, be sure and tell all the TV, local TV stations and the local newspapers that you're going to do. Well, it sounds like... And that, I, n- I have no doubt... It sounds like that sheriff... I have no there. doubt... Go ahead, go ahead. L.A. is a communication center of this country, so that's good if it you know, could be done. And I have no doubt that all the members of, uh, of Awesome Foods, all the people that get all their food there, I bet you they'd even leave work to join it. You know, so you'd have two groups... This, Many all kinds of groups in this L.A. area. Vicky, let me you know, let me get them all together. What is the what is the and reaction, I will help. What is the reaction of the people of that area been to this raid? Oh, they, oh, just disgust. Good. But see, these people are so gentle. I don't know why it is, but the people that take good care of their bodies and are vegetarians, they're so sweet and gentle. You right, know, right, right. <laughs> and I'm not really. You know, I need some warriors with me. And That's right. I think what I'll do is I'll go on my computer and find LAOs keepers, and I'll volunteer my phone That's right. number. Need, I'll help. But warrior, I need somebody. We need to the do warrior it. spirit reaction to this, as that's opposed right. as opposed to we, just laying down and going along with it because the government said that that's what is. You know. Let me ask you: If every sheriff in this country disallowed, because they're the highest uh, law officer in, you know, they're the highest officer. Nobody's higher than them. No federal, no military. Nobody's higher than right. the sheriff. If every sheriff in this country understood this stuff and implemented this stuff. We're free. Sounds like that sheriff absolutely d- isn't even doing his job. He's asleep at the switch. I don't people, know. People I are don't operating know. on this know. territory that he doesn't even know are there. That's, that's we, they utterly claim, They were very sheepish. I called the DA also, and they were very sheepish. They, you know, they, then the DA handed it to some federal DA specializing in health food stuff or something. I mean, they, they were getting so many calls. There's a lot of us upset. This well, is where we good, all get our food. It's good to hear that there is some vitriolic reaction to this, that there is some, um, you know, uh, righteous oh, indignation yeah. well, taking place. Yes. Well, I told the DEA, I said, this is like somebody walking into my house and grabbing my food out of my refrigerator. This is a private co-op. Right. Private. You're a member. So I said, what's the difference between that? Well, you got what they did is somebody walking in my house. Right. What's the difference? And he says, that'll probably be brought up in court. And then these poor people had to go, go to but jail. In the meantime, people in jail. were traumatized. The only reason they got out of jail is because there was a crowd. Right. And in the meantime, they were traumatized by a guns-drawn raid. And w- what did they do to, to all of the stock? Yes. Well, I mean, what, and what? it was SWAT. It was men with, the, with, with their, all their gear on. Right. It wasn't just cops with guns. It was a SWAT team, right. for gosh sake. You know, that's all they've got to do. This, this is where Don't they have anything better to do? This is where we've come in the United Fascist Socialist States of America, you know, in the well, totali- what's wrong totalitarian with these cops? regime. What's wrong with these cops? They're lemmings. Didn't they swear an oath to the Constitution? 
Don't they think? What What are these cops doing? These people are uneducated individuals. They're people who have never really read any books worth reading in their entire lives, and their diet is horrific. That maybe they should be drinking more raw milk and eating more raw cheese instead of the stuff <laughs> that's right. injected with all the GMO that's right. crap that's in that's in the milk and cheese that they're eating on a regular basis. You know, right. all of the hormones and, and antibiotics and 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 preservatives yeah. and chemicals that's, that's it. destroying their that's brain. It. They're that's literally, it. literally have that's brain it. damage. They can't think. <laughs> Okay, well, thank you. Well, Vicky, if anybody Oath so Keepers is listening, please, uh, I'm going to go to your website and put my phone number up there. Great. Thanks so much for calling in and give us, giving us right. an update. Thank uh, you. Our thoughts and prayers are with you. Okay. Great. Great call. Um, yeah, uh, this is something that people really need to get up in arms about because I mean, just think about this. These people are going guns drawn into a place that grows food for other people, okay? And saying, because we've been told by others that they don't think that this is safe, and it's all a big crock of crap, ladies and gentlemen. It isn't because they don't think it's safe. It's because, it's because they know that this food will help people's brain to restore to normalcy, and they don't want that. They want chemicals and pesticides and additives and, and, and chemical fertilizers and preservatives and hormones and junk, pure crap in the food because you literally are what you eat. Your brain becomes what you put into your body. And if you put junk into that body computer that we call the human brain, you're going to get junk out through behavior. And that's why these thugs act the way they do. One, they have not really done any self-examination in their life. They've never taken a good hard look at themselves. And whenever they have, they hate what they see. And therefore, they want to take out that hatred and aggression on other people. Because ultimately, they don't like themselves. Two, they're stupid people. They're unread, period, the end. And you, you don't like the way that's said tough. I'm saying it openly, outright, that's how it is. They're dumb. And they're dumb because they don't read. And that's why they're enslaved. That's why their minds are in bondage, because they don't read. And they have a crap diet. Therefore, the brain is literally virtually destroyed. Okay, if you look at the, the, if you did a brain scan of one of these criminals, because that's what they are, you would see a map of the brain on the neocortex that looked like Swiss cheese, that looked like the surface of the moon. That's how many craters would be in it of, of electrochemical deadness, of neurosynaptic non-firing. But they don't even understand the components of their brain. Half of them probably don't even understand they have something called a brain. Because they never paid attention when any learning was attempting to be conveyed to them. And sadly, much of the time, hardly any learning ever was attempted to be conveyed to them in their environmental conditions when they were being brought up, which was failed 
They were not brought up. They were not raised by anybody, their parents or anybody else. And I would say that directly to one of those people's parents. How about that, folks? Why doesn't somebody who is a parent of one of these thugs call into this show today? And, and I'll tell you, you didn't raise your child. I'll tell you, I care more about your child than you ever did. And I'll say that to your face. It's disgusting, disgusting, and people should be completely enraged over this happening and put a stop to it immediately, immediately. If they want to go and raid somebody for doing something destructive to the human body, why don't they go raid Monsanto? Why don't they go raid Philip Morris? Oh, what? Because, um, uh, well, they say, hey, they're putting a cigarette telling you it's bad for you. Yeah, well, good. People can make the choice of whether they want to drink milk that might have some bacteria in it. People are making the choice whether they want to smoke um, tobacco that's been treated with radioactive uh, chemicals to make the, the soil that it grows in overturn faster. But they're still puffing away on those cancer sticks. We'll be right back, folks. because basically their brains are devastated by the toxins that they put into their body on a daily basis and by the garbage information that they put into their mind on a daily basis. We'll be talking about how to reverse all of those things, how to bring the mind and body back to balance as we go forward in what on earth is happening. We'll be talking to health food experts. We'll be talking to people who uh, know a whole lot about nutrition. We'll be talking to people who know how to determine the veracity or truth of information through methodologies like the trivium. We'll be talking to people who um, have a lot of knowledge about communication skills and how to go and reach other people with information and truth. So putting information out into the world in different ways, how to change, help to change the quality of people's attention through the right information being put out there into the field, okay? We'll be talking about all of those things coming up in the solutions section. So let's go to some more calls. We have a couple more people holding on the line. Caller, you're live on what on earth is happening. What do you have for us here today? Good day, Mark. Keeper yes. here. Hey, how are you? We can hear you fine. You're live. What do you have for us? Hello? Let's try this one more time. Oh, we lost him. Call back in. I'll bring you up first. Let's go to the next caller. 
Caller, you're live on What on Earth is Happening. What do you have for us today? Hello, caller, are you there? Going once. Is it me? Yes, it is. Oh, good. You don't get much to know if you're really on or not. Um, I've read um, uh, the Gnostic uh, scriptures. Yes. And I've also tried to read A.E. Waits' The Holy Kabbalah. Which yes. Not an easy book to read. In fact, I think uh, I will not be able to conquer this book. <laughs> um, so imagine um, uh, my, uh, um, you know, to, to, to read also in Morals and Dogma that the biggest section in Morals and Dogma is on the Kabbalah. Yes. Over 200 pages. Um, and what they talk about, it makes a lot of sense. But can you explain victory and glory, Hod and Netzah, I sure. think it's pronounced? A little more, and I'll take your answer off the air. Hod and Netzah, yes. Uh, sure, you. no problem. Okay. Uh, the former caller who called in and, and the call dropped, if you want to call back in, I'll bring you right up. So I apologize for that happening. Technical glitches happen sometimes. So... Uh, this caller who just called to talk about uh, the Kabbalah as the root of the Western mystery traditions and Freemasonry, of course. She had a question about the two spheres on the Tree of Life, Hod and Netzah. And I can explain those, and I'll do that on the other side of this break. This was a short segment. We'll be right back after these messages. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening. We are back, folks. This is What on Earth is Happening. I'm your host, Mark Passio. The caller on the other side of the break had a question about the Kabbalah and also made reference to some of the difficulty in uh, being able to get through some books on occultism and mentioned the authors um, uh, A.E. Waite as well as Albert Pike. And it is true that this could be very heady, abstract material. And there is often language barriers involved, not necessarily the English language to the English language, but to the language of the time period. Because you can be talking uh, 21st century English and using the colloquial terms that we use every day today. And this was not the way English was necessarily spoken back 100, 150 years ago. Um, or even at the beginning of the 20th century. There was very different ways of structuring the English language, and uh, it was often exceedingly verbose as well, where the concepts would go on and on and on within one sentence. And uh, it was just a different way of communicating. Uh, this is, I often hear discussed when people talk about the uh, understanding some of the scientific literature of the day back in the early uh, late 1800s or early 1900s and uh, it's definitely a, a problem that 
does need to be uh, wrestled with, struggled with through an act of will. I would say uh, to the woman who just called, keep at it. Don't give up. Um, knowledge and insight will come forward through your effort of will. So with that having been said, I'll go to your question about the two specific uh, sephira that you mentioned, uh, known as Hod and Netzah. These are the uh, two sephira at the bottom of the tree of life, uh, the, the two paths on the right-hand side and the left-hand side. Okay. Um, of course, the very base of the tree of life is Malkut, which means kingdom. But um, if you look at the two pillars that are on the opposite sides of the middle pillar on the tree of life, the left-hand path pillar is known as the pillar of severity. And this, as I've said in former podcasts, and uh, just to let you know, you can go back to podcasts on the Kabbalah. Um, I believe they were in the early 40s. So, um, I'm fairly certain they were around 42, uh, 42, 43, 44. These are the podcasts I covered, uh, Kabbalah on. Okay. And then if you want to look at the little bit later podcasts after that, I talk about the connection of Kabbalah to the tarot tradition, tarot cards. And Kabbalah is the root of of the Western mystery traditions, and specifically it is the root of Freemasonry, which is why there would be no surprise that Albert Pike would dedicate so much of his book, uh, his famous book, Morals and Dogma, to the Kabbalistic tradition. To go specifically to your question, the sphere Hod is at the root of the uh, path known as the path of severity, the left-hand path pillar, and this is the sphere known as splendor. Okay, um, this emanation, okay, um, this sephira represents the internal qualities of will because the left hand path pillar is all about, it isn't necessarily about the negative, it is about the veiled or hidden or internal qualities, those which you don't outwardly directly see or manifest outwardly. So, Hod represents, again, it is on the third chakra level. If you look at the levels of the Kabbalistic tree of life as chakras within the body, as the energy wheels or vortices within the body, you have Malkut as the base chakra, Yesod as the desire or sacrum chakra, and then the third level is a dualistic chakra. There are two manifestations, an internal and an external, when you come to the solar plexus or the will chakra, okay? So, hod is the internal manifestation of will, and this is courage. Courage, it's called splendor, okay, in Hebrew. Hod, that's what it means in Hebrew. But this would be essentially the qualities of courage that the individual carries with them. All right, the the propensity to look at something and not be fearful, or even beyond that, perhaps to experience the fear and then move on in spite of it. That's splendor. That is hod. Okay, this is the base of the 
pillar of severity, the left-hand pillar. Okay? The pillar of mercy, or the right-hand pillar, the right-hand path, at the very base of that pillar is the sphere known as Netzah. Netzah means victory in Hebrew. And what this sphere represents is the outward manifestations of will. So this would be will itself to get things done in the world. Okay, This would be your drive to do things, to actually follow through in action on that which you have already taken an internal courage with respect to. You've developed the internal courage, now you're putting it into action in the world. Okay, so this would be Netzah. That would be your drive to do things, to get things done. Okay, and this has to be bridged with Hesed, mercy, true compassion, in order to attain wisdom or Chokmah, which is above it on the right hand pillar. And again, we could do a whole nother show on Kabbalah, and we probably will, because this is one of the big solutions. Understanding the self is the main solution. Knowing thyself, as was directed by the oracle at Delphi. Know thyself, and you will know the universe and the gods. We started this show with that statement back in episode number one. The Western mystery traditions, the Eastern mystery traditions, the traditions out of the Middle East, they're at their core, are all about self-knowledge, self-understanding, going within and knowing what we're made of. That is the ultimate solution. Self-examination, which most people don't want to do. Again, as I've said, they want to run 50,000 miles in the opposite direction from that because often... You hold a mirror up to someone and they hate the image that looks back. And that's why we're putting ourselves through this mess that we've created here. Because ultimately many of us don't like ourselves and all we want to do is take out that frustration and aggression on someone else, which we have no natural law right to do. So we'll go to some more callers on the other side of this break. Callers who are hanging on, stay with me. We'll be right back, folks. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening here on the Oracle Broadcasting Network. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is What on Earth is Happening, and I'm your host, Mark Passio. It's an all-call-in show today. You create this show. Anything you want to talk about is fair game. No taboo topics. The call-in number, 866-841-1065. Coming up on What on Earth is Happening, we are going to be going into a penetrating analysis of natural law. This is something that people have been actually asking for, wanting some more clarification on. We're going to be going into the principles of natural law. 
helping people to understand deeply what is your rights. What are your rights? What are they not? More importantly, what are not your rights? Something that these criminals who raided healthy family farms and raw some foods have absolutely no idea of. They don't know what their rights are. They don't know what their rights are not. And for an, something that's illusory based on nothing, money, they're willing to go and pillage the natural law rights of other people. And this is what we ultimately need to transmute. We need to change this. This is unacceptable. No one should accept this. They are not only trouncing the natural law rights of other people who they're doing this to, they're putting their own children in shackles unknowingly, unwittingly, because they really have no knowledge or no wits about them. They're unconscious individuals that we need to help raise properly. And I said earlier on, and I know some people will take that as a harsh statement, their parents did not raise them. They failed. Society failed at raising these individuals. That's why we're in this mess as a whole. We don't self-examine. We don't read as a culture. We don't read books that are important. And see, the, again, I have to commend the woman who called in about the Kabbalah and about reading books on Freemasonry and the Kabbalistic tradition. Even though she admitted, and that's not hard to do, that takes courage to admit that you're struggling with something. You're struggling with it, but you have the desire to do it. You're, you're, this is all about the will chakras that you asked about, all about the, 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 the two uh, centers on the tree of life that deal with the will. Power through it, and you'll come out better for it. So I, have to, I commend individuals like that who may even say, come out and uncomfortably admit to someone else, I'm struggling with this material. See, that's, that's the problem with everything that's going on. You see these individuals who are going out and raping other people's natural law rights? They won't admit that. When they struggled with learning something, that's why they're doing a job like that, folks. You don't do a job because you like what they're doing because you like yourself, because you think you're really doing something good. You do a job like that because you struggled with understanding any real knowledge and you never had the courage to admit that to anyone else. To say the words, I don't know. And I'm even maybe having a difficult time coming to a place of knowing. But you know what? Until you admit that and you possibly ask for help, you're going to continue to remain in that place of ignorance. And apparently people like this are okay with that. They're okay with being stupid and just doing a job where they're paid in an immoral capacity to, to rape someone else's natural law rights. Well, it's not, okay. it's not okay. It's not okay. And I would, again, make an appeal to anyone who happens to be listening to the show, to the parents of these individuals, to the, the sons and daughters of these individuals, to the spouses of these individuals, the brothers and sisters, any relatives. 
You want to call into the show and talk about these people? I'll tell you right to your face. These are unraised individuals. They did, were not raised with proper moral values. Otherwise, they would not do what they are doing. And not just the family has failed in this capacity, society has failed in this capacity. And they need to buck up and admit that. And then start attempting to reverse the trend. But you can't do that until you yourself have learned what natural law really is, how it operates, and how this society isn't going anywhere but in the toilet bowl until these principles are deeply understood and then adhered to. And that's it. And that's how it's always been. It's always been like that. Natural law has always been here with us. It has always be, been in effect. It is unbreakable and it will forever be in effect, period, the end, for all eternity, until the three-dimensional space-time continuum known as this universe exists. And I don't know how much clearer I can make that. Let's go back to the phones. Here we go. Caller, you're live. Uh, caller, we just I just lost you. I'm sorry about that again. This is the second... Uh, difficulty I've had. Please call back in and you'll go right to the top of the queue. I apologize for that. Um, the other caller called in and had some difficulty as soon as I took his call and now we just got disconnected on me attempting to take this call. So caller uh, that was in the queue, please call in and I'll take uh, take your call immediately. Um, that was the uh, only caller in queue right now. So uh, let me give the call-in numbers one more time for anyone else that wants to call in. It's 866-841-1065. Once again, 866-841-1065. A little bit of technical difficulty there, but no problem. We'll work through it. So let's continue to talk about natural law for a little bit since I've gotten onto this topic and I've gotten on it through the um, really disgusting events that have happened through uh, this raid on these raw foods. And, and you know what? I I use these raw foods. Whenever I have an opportunity to buy any cheeses that are completely raw and unpasteurized, I take that opportunity. So this is something that I recognize as something that is has health benefits. And the enzymes in certain cheeses do have health benefits. This is unequivocally known. Okay? As the caller who called in previously, Vicky, said, she uses raw milk in a health capacity. And it's been known that there are health benefits to drinking raw milk. Now, I, I would say I don't use an exceeding amount of dairy products, but raw milk is something that I have used. I, I've generally transitioned to almond milk, which has a lot of antioxidants in it. And I make my own. I make it from raw almonds that are not treated with radiation or pasteurized or anything else done to them or roasted. Raw almonds, blend them up in purified water and strain off the, the meal. You could use the meal for a delicious bread and drink the almond milk. It, you could use it in the same way you could use any other type of milk, any dairy milk. And it's absolutely delicious and it's health healthful. And it has tons of antioxidants in it. And, uh, you know, the, once somebody starts taking away your right to make decisions about what you put into your body, they own your body. That's what they're telling you. We own your body. Your body belongs to us. We'll tell you what you're allowed to do with it and not. 
So I think this is the same caller who I accidentally uh, disconnected. Caller, are you lot? Are you there? Good day, Mark. It's Keeper. How are you? Oh, things are fine. Thank you. Thank you. Well, I'm going to hold you through to the break. I wasn't watching the clock once again. I do this all the time. So hold on to the break, and we'll bring you back on right after this uh, next commercial break. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening, folks. We'll pick this up after these messages. We're back, folks. This is What on Earth is Happening. I'm your host, Mark Passio. Let's go right back to the phones. Keeper, you're live on What on Earth is Happening. Thank you very much, Mark. I appreciate you, and I really appreciate this show. It has really helped to um, enlighten me and, and to illuminate me uh, along my path, which has been going along for a long time uh, by by being having things pointed out to me then I can actually do something about them, make a change, or decide to keep those habits and those uh, ways of being. Sure. And as I've been listening to your show quite consistently over the past several weeks, um, in your previous show, in fact, you were mentioning the ten tenets of uh, Satanism, and I remembered you going over moral relativism and the uh, concept of uh, sophistry, uh, solipsism. Thank you. Um, well, solipsism, I have to stop uh, there. Solipsism isn't specifically one of the tenets of Satanism. As a matter of fact, it's quite interesting to note that Satanists warn other Satanists about solipsism. This is actually considered one of the sins of the Satanic religion, of the Satanic ideology. And there's a reason for that. Satanists want other individuals that they control to be solipsists, people who believe that there is really no such thing as truth and it's all just a matter of opinion, it's all just a matter of preference. Satanists themselves warn other dark occultists against falling into any such trap as solipsism. And they uh, consider this a no-no. They consider this something that any self-respecting occultist, particularly an occultist on the left-hand path, would never uh, would never engage or adhere to. But they use this concept, this this ideology known as solipsism, to put other people off of the true path so that they can be more easily controlled. It's solipsism is a tool of the Satanists, but not one of their beliefs and their tenets. So it's an important distinction to keep in mind. Well, thank you. Thank you. Um, and in fact, it is a slippery slope. And I know I went through those those modalities of thought. I actually did think that way, you know, back in the day, you know, growing up and so forth, that I found myself like, yeah, I, I used to be like that. But sure. I, I changed. I saw the saw the trap for what it is, and now I'm on my own modality, my own personal path 
that I'm drumming myself into existence here and realizing that I'm, I'm, I'm marching past all these different paradigms and modalities and mental traps to speak the universe that I want into action. And I've been employing that and putting it into action. And even if I get the blank stares back, it's not about that person. It's about speaking the truth into the universe. That's right. That's exactly right. And that is a, a phenomenal insight there. And I'm really, really glad that you, in your own personal uh, development and journey, have arrived at that point because that is where more and more people need to come to to understand it is about doing the right thing and speaking the truth and putting the truth into action for truth's sake. Not, not necessarily even for other people, not even necessarily for ourselves. It is for the fact that this is the right thing to do, period. And we want to align ourselves with that force because that is the higher self. That's what it is. That is the higher power that really generates anything here that is worth uh, being a part of, that is good or wholesome or positive or empowering. That's what it's all about. So, I commend you on that, and that's just uh, phenomenal uh, to hear that coming out of someone else's mouth and uh, to, to know that more people are on that path and on that journey in their personal lives. So thanks for that. Well, thank you, Mark. It's, uh, it's been a pleasure and, and, a, and a really illuminating time, and I'm, I'm appreciating this. I look forward to, to getting back in, into more discussion of absolutely positive aspects of the particular thing. It's, it's, it's good to look at the negative to gain the understanding, right. but don't look too deeply into the abyss because right. it stares back at you. Absolutely. You can't dwell on looking at it, becoming aware of it is one thing. Dwelling in it and letting it completely uh, shape your worldview into something darker and more and more sinister in your in your own life is probably not is definitely not a good thing. It's not where you want to go. You want to be aware of the dark, as I said last week. You want to be aware of the dirt all over the house, but then shine the light on it. The shining light on it makes you aware of it. And then you want to take the necessary action to clean up the dirt, not just go, woe is me, look at how dirty the house is. You know, uh, that, that path toward knowledge is so that you understand the causal factors of the problem, not so that you just sit and dwell in the problem. It's then about once you have the knowledge of those causal factors, then taking the appropriate steps and the appropriate actions to rectify that problem, to make it right. That's what it's. That's what wisdom really is. As, as I've said so many times on this show, it's taking action based on what you learned. If you just sit there and not don't take action and just say, "Oh, I've learned all of this horrible stuff that's going on in the world," and then you don't take any action to actually uh, correct it or to make it right, what good was learning? What good was all of that knowledge that you accumulated? So, uh, great observation. Listen to your heart, and and do what you feel is the right thing and actually do the action. You have to follow these natural laws, and the more you follow those natural laws in your own inner sense, your own compass of what is right and what is wrong in the situation, you'll find yourself truly living the law of attraction, and the universe will start working for you. You will gain that protection that you mentioned yes. shows back. 
and you will become a lucky person. Oh, man, just things just start working out. Well, yeah, if you go with the flow instead of fighting against the flow of the universe, things start working out. Synchronicities can be amazing once you set foot on that path and start walking down it. Kiefer, thanks so much for that call. Just uh, great insights and uh, um, just uh, phenomenal observations there. So thanks for calling. Call back in anytime. Next caller, here we go. Caller, you're live on What on Earth is Happening. Hello, caller, are you there? Hello? Yes, you're live on the Hi, air. Can you hear me? Yes. I'm not. Uh, yeah, very happy to speak to you. Um, just, just very happy with what you're doing. Incredible work. I just had two questions. Um, sure. My first question was regarding, um, if we look at the birth of Alexander the Great, apparently uh, the Temple of Artemis burnt down on his birth. Now, uh, the Temple of Artemis was supposed to be a temple of the goddess, no? Yes. Uh, couldn't that be some kind of... Uh, possible uh, burning of uh, the goddess? Absolutely. Uh, ushering in. It, certainly symbolic yeah, I of find it. That very interesting. If it was not directly a, uh, a, a false flag event of the ancient world, uh, it most certainly is a synchronistic, a synchromistic uh, event that ca- calls to mind the, this, again, this burning or immolation of the sacred feminine that we see over and over and over again in, uh, in um, events of the world, uh, often which precede. Um, a very sharp decline in consciousness and a sharp rise in psychopathic tendencies or behaviors in a wider sense in uh, in civilization. So uh, absolutely, that's a, that's a pretty synchromistic um, uh, connection that you've made there, and I think there's something to it. Absolutely. Fascinating, brother. Uh, do you think that Alexander was possibly uh, a sort of left-brain person? Yes, I, I do think that he was one of a dominator. Yes, the elite from the elite bloodlines, and if you look at some of the uh, the directions that he took, the the former greatness that was Egypt, I I personally don't see him as anybody that was really trying to help uh, raise consciousness. He was definitely of these uh, uh, bloodlines that was attempting to subvert people and keep them under control. I mean, if you look at if, if you look at things that uh, these higher level um, emperors, uh, you know, people who looked at themselves as separate from everybody else and just uh, they were rulers, they were pe- people there to be put upon thrones and worshipped as God, God men on earth, you know, he, they, they had basically gone through an apotheosis while they're alive and basically they are elevated a, to a tremendous level above everybody else and that gives them the divine right to rule. Uh, you, you look at, they all had the same basic knowledge, the same basic information is what they kept from the, from the population that they ruled over. If you look into ancient Rome specifically, you'll see all of the Caesars of Rome, specifically during the empire, and you see that if you study some of the journals of some of these individuals, they always warn against any of their people in their command teaching anybody the methods of the trivium. I'll pick this up on the other side of the break in the last segment. Stay with us, folks. This is What on Earth is Happening.
Welcome back, folks. This is the last segment of this edition of What on Earth is Happening. I'm your host, Mark Passio. My website, whatonearthishappening.com. In coming weeks on the show, we're going to be getting into a penetrating analysis of natural law principles, and we're going to hammer this home because it is so critical to understand what natural law is, how it works, what the mechanics of this system that has been put in place in the universe for our benefit, what its underlying mechanics are. And we're going to look at that and we're going to deeply explore and we're going to give examples and we're going to try to help people to come up to a higher level of understanding of how natural law and our adherence to it or or conversely our completely living in disharmony with it is directly related to the quality of the experience that we have in life and can never be separated from that. It's a cause and effect relationship. So let's go back to the phones. Before the break, we had a caller on the line. I'm going to go back to him and see if he had anything else. Caller, did you have anything else that you wanted to bring up before uh, uh, we went to the break? We were talking about ancient rulers, and uh, I was I had mentioned that if you look into some of the uh, writings of some of these rulers, they talk about their method for learning and how that was strictly to be held in their confidence and in, in the confidence of the individuals that were below them in their hierarchical system who were helping to control the people that they considered slaves. But it was expressly forbidden to ever teach that methodology of learning to the slave class. And something like the trivium is a perfect example. The trivium was forbidden to be taught to any non-free people. Only free people who were given the right to read by this ruling class were allowed to learn the trivium. Absolutely, it's fascinating. Um, I'm particularly uh, fascinated by your answer pertaining to the Alexander question regarding uh, the date of birth and the burning of the Temple of Artemis because it's very interesting hearing that from you. Uh, confirming that possibly there is something there. Uh, I did have a second question. Um, essentially, uh, when we look at uh, just nature around us, I at least tend to find that, sure, there is a lot of nurturing, but there's also a lot of sort of uh, pain and suffering, a degree of cruelty when we look at anim an animal killing another animal, be it right. a shark killing a seal or a type of wasp that's attacking its prey in a certain way that's quite cruel and etc. Um, I don't know, this just confuses me uh, in the sense of if the natural state is love, why do we find these sort of things in nature that are, well, that needs to be seen as negative? There's two ways of looking at that. One is that these aren't human creatures. They are animals and generally at a lower state of developmental consciousness than are we. So we have taken on new characteristics and capabilities. Another very interesting way of looking at this, that the uh, a, a couple of researchers whose names escape me right now, that I have come across information that they have uh, put forward, having to do with fields and what they call morphic fields or morphogenetic fields, um, having to do with 
how powerful human consciousness is in what is observed in what we call the wider animal kingdom here on earth. And that if human consciousness were to change, you may not actually observe that level of cruelty in the animal kingdom as well. And I think that is, uh, that is poss- quite possible, that perhaps the way animal behavior is now is not the way it has always been in the past. So that's something for uh, people's consideration when they hear that. And again, we can't directly say just because this form of life behaves in this way that that means that it is the natural way for us to behave. We have a whole higher order of thinking and a whole higher order computer that we are gifted with called the human brain. And uh, if you study the, uh, the brain and the structures of the brain as we've done on this show, you understand that we are in a completely hot, separate and what I would consider higher class of consciousness than, our, than is the animal the kingdom. And that doesn't mean that we can treat them with cruelty. That means we we should act as their stewards and help them along their revolutionary journey in consciousness as well. Because it's all life. It, it, like you said, it is all suffering. Okay, There is so much suffering in both the human and animal worlds. And our goal should be to help alleviate that suffering for all beings. Not just even be speciesist about it and just want to help human beings. I, want, I don't want to see animals suffer either. You know, I I want to alleviate suffering for all beings. That that's you my that's my sort of egotistical. Right. I see. Do you think it might be sort of uh, egotistical to think of it as a sort of test, a test for humans to see if they will be sort of in a sense seduced by uh, the suffering and go down that route, or right. choose to not go down that route and treat animals in a loving, nurturing way, and right. then possibly reach higher uh, domains once we die. I I definitely think that's true. And another thing to keep in mind is look at the the level of energy, the suffering energy that we put into the world and then consume as a result of how we treat animals. Okay, and then certain people eat those animals and they're taking all of that energy and suffering into themselves. And this bears out in human behavior because this everything is energy and if we eat something that is low energy because of the way it was treated the when it was alive um, we're doing horrible things to our consciousness as a result I tell people there's only one documentary in my collection of thousands that I will not watch again and that is the documentary called Earthlings Earthlings is a powerful documentary about how human beings treat animals. And I only recommend it to people with very strong constitutions because I was devastated, as a, practically psychologically devastated as a result of watching this. And I forced myself to watch it a second time just to hammer the point home of the, what, what human beings have actually become in relation to the natural world around them. And it's it's a it's a horrific horrific look, but it's true. It's true. I mean, like I said, I made myself watch it a second time to just hammer that point home. Look at what we've become. Look at what we are doing. This needs to change. This needs to be undone. This is not the way we should be behaving toward uh, beings that we are generally as a higher form of consciousness in stewardship with here on the planet Earth, not. 
there to be treated as uh, commodities or as just, uh, you know, things. Th these people treat these beings as things. Well, the more we do that with the beings that are uh, at a, a lower developmental level of consciousness than us, the more that will be done to us. Again, it's natural law. It's a cause and effect relationship. So I want to thank you for your great points. I have a couple other calls I'm going to uh, try thank to you. get to before the end of the show. Great, thanks. Okay, here we go. Thanks, Next caller in the queue, you're live. Dylan from Tech from Kansas. You're live on What on Earth is Happening. Uh, hi, Mark. Uh, I don't want to waste your time. I'll let you get to the other callers. Uh, I just uh, had a question. Um, you know, we, we talk a lot about, um, you know, the elites and uh, history of, of uh, you know, uh, other, other people. And I'm curious uh, if we're looking for information about um, ourselves and, and our own heritage. Um, can you sure. give me a couple places to, to maybe uh, seek some of that information? Thanks a lot. Great show. Well, one of the things I would encourage you to do if you really want to go down deep into that rabbit hole is to attempt to look into the information about human origins in general. And you'll come across some very interesting perspectives. Um, of course, people will bring up the works of Zachariah Sitchin. I think that's some interesting work. I'd recommend the works of uh, um, Mooney. He wrote a book... Um, called Gods of Air and Darkness. I would recommend any writings by uh, good Freemasonic authors on the origin of humanity. I would recommend Albert Churchward. I would, um, there's so many that, that we could name. Um, Manly P. Hall, his works. Um, look up human origins in general, not any specific people or race of, of people on the earth, but to get to the knowledge of our origins is empowerment as well because it is all about the history of control itself and i'll leave it right there we'll see you next week folks thanks for listening this is what on earth is happening here on the oracle broadcasting network up next michael vale